Welcome to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro. Of course, we like to get a wide variety of people in from all manners of angling and the angling world. And we've got a bit of a superstar in today. He is a man of the moment. He's got some brilliant films out. He works for one of the biggest tackle companies in the industry. It is Dan Yeomans. Dan, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, mate. You've definitely um, you definitely practised that to really big me up there. Well, look, you don't need bigging up at the moment. You're bigging yourself up with these fantastic films that are coming up. Well, I, I know for a fact I'm, I'm a ringer. Because Kev Mardell, one of our sales reps, messaged us going, we need someone to help out the podcast. Someone, uh, someone cancelled on you last minute, is that right? Uh, and no. now you're stuck with me. Uh, uh, well, I don't know about stuck. I don't know about <laughs> stuck. It's, it's, it's always a pleasure to have uh, you. Very in. flattering, Rob. Yeah, we, we don't know each other that well. So this no. is going to be quite interesting because um, one of, you know, I've been around the track quite a, quite a few times and I know the majority of people quite well. But there's a, a younger breed of angler coming in, like yourself, that yeah. are really setting the world alight. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think we've we've crossed paths many times, but a, a lot of the time it's in within the Nash team at a show, whatever. Yes. It's like hi, 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 hi. See you later. Do you know what I mean? It's, That's it. So, and I get it. A lot of, especially a lot of our team, we are you know, there's quite a lot of new young faces coming through. So, for example, we're at an open day here. Yes, April time. And it was so busy and it was so good. And I could see you were ran off your feet. We were ran off our feet. So it was, it's many times just like isn't passing it, ships. Isn't like. it good, though, to see the industry in a good place? A lot of people talk about fishing. You say, oh, they, you know, there's problems here, there and everywhere. But actually, if you're at the sharp end of it, it's a really good place to be. I find, you know, I've, I've been working for Outlaw Pro now for about 15, 16 months uh, you know, and I've always been busy. I've been neck deep in the angling industry for well over 30 years. Mm. But it just seems to be getting more exciting. Yes, there's more challenges, but it's more exciting because everybody's pushing the boundaries. And, and your team, but, but I will say you as well in particular, you're one of these people that do push it forwards. Yeah, I mean, we try. It's, I've always said it's quite a, it's a very small industry. And I've always said it's probably a few years behind, especially when it comes to video, which I'm sure we'll get onto. It's probably a few years behind what is in the mainstream there. Um, but I think, let's be honest, at the end of the day, it's man catches fish. And there's only so many times you can be shown that story, whether it's within a product that's released or um, uh, a magazine article or a video or even the podcast. You know, there's only so many times. Well, I'd like to think it seems like there's only so many times you can show that story but i think that's what's exciting about it for me it's always trying to try and put a new spin on it and try and make it exciting and new and different than what anyone's ever seen before and uh, it always develops as you know absolutely. the whole industry does well, well things things are cyclical so things that were around 10 years ago will come back again they'll just mm. come back better or more modern yeah. um, but but for me having done this now for such a long period of time i used to think it was all about the fish mm-hmm. but actually it isn't mm. and when you scratch a little bit deeper it's all about the people mm-hmm. and and the fish the vehicle that bring the people to the forefront and, yeah you know if you look at the people that have really jumped up over the last few years um, you know, Alan being one of them. I know Alan's been around a long time now, but in my lifetime, Alan's Alan's fairly new. Yeah, yeah. But, I can imagine, you know, yeah. when you look at how he's changed the way that people perceive things yeah. and the way they go about their fishing. I remember the first time I saw Alan uh, on a film, and he caught what 
for us at the time as, as big fish anglers that wanted to go to beautiful, romantic, scenic lakes, he caught an eight-pound common from mm. a ditch underneath a motorway bridge. And I just looked at that and thought, I want to do that. Yeah, now, bearing yeah. in mind, I've travelled around the world and caught some incredible fish from amazing locations. I wanted to go to Essex to fish a ditch to catch that fish. He was so enthusiastic about yeah. it. The film was so well made. It was just brilliant. Yeah. And it's that inspirational push, I think. That yeah. I mean, Alan's quite a, um, a unique example because he ha- he does have that absolutely infectious nature. Yes. He's got an aura about him. He walks into a room and everyone's like, that guy's fun. That guy's cool. Yeah. He's full of, for a, full of character. But, you know, that I'd like to say it was before my time, you know, um, and I'd like it was no mistake yeah. what 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 happened there. And, you know, bringing that concept to the forefront of angling that you don't need a 400 pound syndicate and a 50 pound as a target. You can go down to this little ditch. And yeah. I'm not saying it because he's here, but like Wim was just a bigger part of creating that and saying, you know what? You. Oh, you go do you. Yes. You go do you, and people will resonate with that. And they really did. And they really did. Well, look at and, 10, 15 and years that later. And that is so important now. And, and I think that's, that's one of the most important things that the people that are watching this or listening to it can take from that. Go and do you. Yeah. Because so often in the world of social media pressure, of, of people wanting a sponsorship for various different things, what they're trying to be is something yeah. other than what they should be, which is cannot agree themselves. Enough. Yeah, cannot agree enough. It's... It's not just fishing. It, the world we live in now is so, well, the, you hear the word, it's so influenced. Yep. And social media is an amazing, amazing thing, but it's also a very dangerous thing for a lot of people. But the, the message you've just said there is like, just go and do what you want to do. Go and be happy. Yes. Go and do what makes you happy. I cannot advocate that enough, whether it is in your fishing yeah. or it's in your general life, your work, your career, what you want to pursue. Like, I, I worry about the the generations coming up that they're so influenced by what they see on well, a it's screen. a plastic influence it's many, it's not yeah, a real influence yeah. it's a plastic influence and, yeah. and and it has a damaging effect but anyway look let's keep this yeah sorry nice <laughs> nice and light. i normally start off talking about fishing but we'll come back to that in a minute uh-huh. you've already yeah. touched on 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 working what was that sorry, we'll do that one again <laughs> um apologies that's all right no worries um uh, let's let's come back to that in a minute we've already touched I forgot what I was there. What was that? <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about your fishing. Actually, let's. Okay. Where, where are you now? We normally start this off with talking about your fishing. So, yeah. where what are you doing at the moment? What what really turns you on when when it comes to the noble art of the angle? Um, to all honesty, I'm a bit lost. I am a bit lost. I worked very very hard for a, a long time to fishing very hard lakes to catch a target fish. Yeah. Um, I've done a massive podcast on Nash about it, uh, a fish called the Swavesy fish, and I caught it last year. Um, limited time, and like I say, it was it was to catch something that will be the best fish I'll ever catch. Um, the challenge was far above and beyond really what my capabilities are yeah. um, and my time allows, but I did it. Happy days. Well done, Dan. And that was a good, like, although it was over two, kind of two lakes, no, I won't go into it, but it was a kind of over two lakes, seven years. Coming out of that, I've struggled to find a buzz. And yeah. I'm sure you've been there. And I'm sure you've been there where, like, you've worked so hard to catch something and then you're a bit lost of what to do. Yeah. Like, where, what is fishing now? Where, what, you know, I've got another ticket, the um, the Blue Lagoon in Islesley. I know Terry Ann did that video, yeah. that big scaly one. 
I've just really struggled to get down. You know, I, I've had a few walks around and that. And, you know, my time is limited. I think I've only done three or four nights in the UK this year. Yeah. Um, but kind of just a, not zero buzz for it, but I'm a bit half assed excuse my language, a bit half assed with it. You know, I'm, I'm ambling around and I'm, I don't know. I just, I just, it's not got under my skin like that Swayze fish did. And I'm yet to find something that will. So I've been flitting. Yeah. I've done a bit in Europe. Um, I'm sure we get into it, but I'm in front of the cameras a little bit now with Nash, yes. which, you know, uh, scratches the itch because I'm not just filming now. I get to do a bit of fishing, which is nice. Um, so a couple of European trips. Um, but then in the UK, when I have had time, I've just found myself kind of mooching about lakes that I'm either going to fish or not going to fish or just to get my fix, you know. I, I think I think with anything, though, there's an ebb and flow of enjoyment. Mm. You know, and when you're really up for it, it, it it's brilliant. Yeah. But there are times where you're not up for it. Mm. You know, um, I've, I've, I've done a reasonable amount of sports with fairly high level. And when you look at trainers, they always talk about the rule of thirds. And you'll have, you'll have heard of the rule of thirds. We all know about the rule of thirds. But if a third of the time it's all right and a third of the time it's bad and a third of the time it's really good, you're probably just absolutely right on track for mm. whatever you want to do. And it does. It ebbs and flows. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's, there's times where I personally love carp fishing. There's times where I absolutely hate it. Mm. You know, on the competitive side of things, it's exactly the same as well. When we're in season, nothing gets in the way of that competition. Literally everybody is 150% channeled on that. Yeah. And then when it's finished, you, you, you know, particularly if you win, and I've spoke to Steve Ringer about this, other guys that are competitive at that very high level, and it's exactly the same as you going for a target fish because that's in your sights, that's all you want. You you get to the stage where you think, well, now what? Mm. Well, it's gone. Or you've done it. There's almost a relief. I don't, how did you feel when that Swavesy fish went over the net called? Was it elation? Was it relief? Uh, I was... Yeah, it was a lot of emotion. It's, there was a lot of elation. It's a strange one, yeah, isn't it? Because it's, it's something that put like you know, there's such better anglers fishing for that fish who deserved it a lot more than me. Oh, I'm, um, no, I'm not having that. A I'm lot not, of people said that, but no, you know, they they. I w- <laughs> the shame is it's died. It died a couple, uh, yeah. couple of months ago now, um, and I'd love to have seen it in someone else's arms. But yeah. you know, it was all it, there was there was everything. There was shock, relief happiness everything yeah. it was just a whirlwind of a day um like i said we've done a big podcast and there uh, hassan put a little video the first thing i did when i got in the net is i got my phone out and i made this stupid video where my my voice is going, I'm going i can't say it because I'll, I'll swear but done it's done it's done and i sent it to my yeah. mates and you could see how much yeah. it meant it meant and yeah. it was inside of me but you know my buzz for fishing still there and it always will be because it's what I do every yeah. single day of my life. You know, whether I'm actually doing my personal fishing or I'm going to work, it's it has to be there or else I'll start to fail at my job. Like, So the buzz for fishing's there. It's just I can't find the direction at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that because you like to target fish? Because, uh, again, um, Sharpie was sat in that chair last time out. Mm. And Sharpie is very much a target angler in mm. that he targets a specific fish. And he wants to catch that fish. You know, it's the old school. This is the one I want. I'm not happy until I've finished. And I will carry on until I get it. You know, crowy to a degree can be the same. There are a number of anglers out there that are just so, you know, single-minded that want to catch that fish. I'm, I haven't done that for years. But I do target a number. So I might want to catch a 50-pounder. 
and it might be a 50 pounder from different countries. I don't care which one it is. I just want to catch a 50 pounder. So as a result, I tend to I tend to have a target, but not such a specific target that it's all encompassing, mm-hmm. if, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I, I suppose how do you how do you target the next fish then? What 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 made you choose that Swavesy fish first? And now you've come out of it, you know, you're having a breather. Mm. As long as you get the rods out, you, you, you're still in the club, effectively. How will you target another one? Will one pop up? Do you? Because I know Terry thinks of two or three in advance. Mm. So I think it goes again back to like I didn't think I'd catch it. Yeah. I didn't think it would be me. So there was no plan. Why for did the next you go one. then? Hmm? Why did you go? If because that's what I you? enjoy, and it goes back to what I was saying: is I don't care if I'm not catching them. Yeah. I will put my all for me it's the mountain you climb but rather than being on top of the mountain without yeah, yeah. getting into too many cliches yeah, yeah. you know it's it's the journey journey not which, the destination yeah which, which is for me and it, it, I've always said if it was easy if I was going down for a weekend and I was catching 4.30s yeah. I'd very quickly get bored yeah. very quickly get bored of it I need the um, Penning puts it in a very poetic way as he does but I can't remember the, the phrase but I need the pain I yeah. need the the hardship I can't let myself get lazy or let myself slack because I know as soon as I take my foot off the gas I'm not in the race yes and I need to be in the race yeah um you almost want to punish yourself into catching yeah exactly and that's why I was almost well I was brought to tears with that Swayze one because how hard it was to get there yeah you know if it was a one-year campaign tipped up now it comes out from this spot did my time in there whoop-de-doo it's my turn yeah happy brilliant hold up my 50 pounder i'm happy days but it just wouldn't mean as much and you know that could have been a 20 pounder and i'd caught 20 pounders at swavesy which have been like some of the fish that have meant the most to me yeah rather than going over to france and catching a 50 yeah, yeah. happy days 50 pounder whoop de do look at me but i was there for a week yeah like I've, where can you go where you can tip up for a week and catch 50 like yeah, not yeah. many places yeah, yeah. but you work all year to catch one fish and it's 26 pounds. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a bit of me. That's what drives me. So going into the next one, it was always look for everything that makes the challenge the challenge for me. You know, it's not just the fish, but how hard that venue is or the, the battles you've got to overcome to, to get there. And I like, I think one of the things with this Blue Lagoon, excuse me, is um, it's it's quite busy yeah really and it's it's a very round lake so it's kind of like bivy 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 gap 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 bivy bivy and it, yeah they're everywhere and swavesy wasn't like that and before that it was on ferry lagoon and it wasn't like that and i think that's a part of it which has made me think well i want to be able to walk around the whole thing find the fish and be able to fish for them not go well i'm skipping two-thirds of that bank because yeah. it's bivy city so I think that's a bit of an element to go, is it worth me going down? But like I say, I'll find something. I always do. Um, uh, you, you, you mentioned someone else might have deserved to catch it mm. more than you. Um, I'll bring you back to that comment. Mm-hmm. Just the word deserved. Because I, I struggle with the word deserved in angling. I think you earn mm. your results. I don't think you deserve your results. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what, what do you think about that? Do you think that some people deserve to catch something or do you think that they earn it? Because I think you earn the right. I don't think you deserve anything. Yeah, I think people don't deserve it by, um, I can't think of the word, by default. Yeah. He was there enough, so it's his turn. Because there was people like that who did five, six years. Yeah. 
I didn't see them angle enough to know like he's deserved it. But they were there long enough. But yeah. it just doesn't mean it's their turn. People I'm talking about, they angled well. Yeah, they caught a substantial amount of fish compared to everyone else. So my first year, for example, I think there was about six fish caught between the whole mm. between everyone in a whole year. Right, that's tough. Tough. The guy I'm talking about, Gary Atkin, yeah. Demon, you need to get him on this podcast. Um, he had nine that year. Wow. Not the big one. Yeah, yeah. In a in in a lake which was probably seventeen fishing, he had nine. Yeah. And I saw him angle, I watched him angle, I was like, This guy's catching it. Yeah. And I think he lost it. We think he lost it. We'll never know. You know, it's one of them, but it was probably one of the only ones that wasn't accounted for. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the others are twenty pound commons and this one. Beasted yeah. him a little bit, back held, a bit like, so, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. just hook yeah. pulled. So it's, you, that's you have why to... I say I think he deserved it because I knew how much he put into that, and I knew that the length he was going and how much more he puts into his fishing than everyone else around him yeah. to 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 make those chances. I'm I'm going to take go take myself back to the early '90s now, and there was a fish in a lake called Pool Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big fish at the time. It was a fish called Humpy. It went at 37 pounds. So at the time, that would be an upper 40, probably low 50 equivalent. Um, and I sympathise with, did you say it was Gary? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I sympathise with Gary on that because that was one of the only fish that I actually targeted. I was working full time at the time and I'd, I'd be there as much as I could. It was local to me. So if I wasn't fishing, I'd be walking around, you know, putting all the mileage. But it was an open access day ticket water and there were shitloads of people on it all the time. And somebody would catch it. A lot of the time it would come out on a Monday or a Friday, Thursday, Friday, but a lot of the time it would be a Monday. It wouldn't come out over the weekend. And uh, and it was one of those ones where you put loads and loads of effort in and catch a few of the other big fish in it, and then it died. And I think that's you know that's a real hardship on, on Gary in particular if he's put all that effort in because now he can't continue that journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, these fish, unfortunately, they don't last forever. Uh, and and when somebody does put that sort of effort in, I suppose that's the closest that I yeah. would get to saying somebody deserves one if they've done that. That's it. And all and those, then the fish is gone. Yeah, all those boys that fish swavesy, you know, they're all you know. It was only ten man syndicate, so you yeah. all, you know them all. And I pick out Gary because he did particularly well. That was his first season on, and he, yeah. you know, like I said, I watched what he did, and I was like, yeah, this guy's different gravy. But yeah. a lot of the other guys, I know them, but. I never fished. I can't. I fish with Gary. I go sit have a barbecue, watch yeah. him get his rods out, and that sort of thing. You saw how he did things, yeah. whereas the others I didn't. But I sympathise with all of them boys. Like yeah. I said, there's the guy Tony is six years, five years, six years doing time as well. Like mm. really putting his life on hold. You know, working really grafting, working all his sp- uh, all winter to have his spring free and that sort of thing. And you know, you know, everybody knows who's listening to this when they've really gone for it, you know, leaving the missus at home and all those little sacrifices. Huge sacrifices, not little sacrifices. They're huge Huge sacrifices, sacrifices, yeah. For it to die. Yeah. For it to die. And again, I don't want to go over this too much because there's a two and a half hour podcast on it, but I will quote it again. Dave Robinson, good friend of mine, he said to me at the beginning of that season, there was a few of us in the Nash office, and I said, what are you doing this year? I'm doing Swavesy. And I was I was kind of jesting because I don't get a lot of time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do one night a month. Yeah, maybe it'll be me. Yeah. And he looked at me. He didn't laugh along me. He looked at yeah. me dead in the eye and he said, like, don't yeah. take the piss. Yeah, yeah. And he said, if you don't go and do it and put your all into it, one day all you'll be able to say is, oh, I fished for that one once. Yeah. It, it died. And you, all you'll be able to brag about is, 
I fished for that once. Yeah. And I went, oh, he's right. He's right. What, like, what, what am I there for? So All in. No, it didn't help because I couldn't, you know, busy job. I couldn't do more time. But, you know, I did. I did, well, put put everything I could in, going before work and that sort of thing. And getting down there and walking if I had half an hour spare, whatever. But, yeah. you know, it was a motivational motivational quote from Dave. Um, Cheers, mate. Uh, they're emotional journeys these aren't they mm. you, you you learn a lot i think a lot of these things are retrospectively enjoyable mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as well that sort of you don't realize how much you do enjoy it until you've come out the other side of it then you look back and think actually you know even the really really tough times they were really enjoyable mm. but at the time you're banging your head against the wall thinking why aren't i catching it or what can i do or this isn't going my way but later on you were you, you revisit it in your head and you realize that actually it was all a good learning curve a little bit but i'm um i'm always glass half full I'm always super optimistic. Oh. I'm always... So even, you know, looking back on it, it hasn't made it... Yeah. I enjoyed every moment I was Brilliant. there. Because the blanks are nothing. Yeah. You know, those hardships, they are water off a duck's back. I love it. Yeah. And so I enjoyed every moment I was there because I make myself enjoy it. Like, yeah. like, without getting all cheesy in that. Life's too short not to. Yeah, yeah. Not to hate hate the thing you love. I've got a mate, Loz, who does beat himself up about it sometimes. Yeah. Um, and... I get it. I can get why you can be like that because you put all this effort in and it's not going right. Why is it? But this is my time off. This is yeah. what I need to enjoy. There's so, worse places you can waste your time. Exactly. The, and so I take every little win that I can and that might be as little as having a cup of coffee and watching the sun come up. Yeah. Knowing yeah. I'm not going to catch because I've got to go home in two hours and yeah. I've put my effort in and it's not happened, but... But it was nice being there. I'm it was here. Nice Look at this. I'm here. So, yeah. Let's 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 move on a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, life at Nash. We talked touched about work. Yeah. Um, it seems very frantic there. Mm-hmm. There's an awful lot going on. There's a lot of you. It's quite um, it quite a busy place. Do you want me to jump in? Yes. Feel free. Do you want me to give you my gift? Go on. I don't know if you'd. Forgot. Oh yes. Sorry. Don't I worry. Hadn't forgotten. But <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> I wondered if that's where you were going earlier. Yeah. What was I going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we uh, every time I've just got to explain just in case yes. anybody. This is the first podcast that somebody's seen. Every time one of our guests comes in, we ask them to bring a thing. It's a little bit of their life that's important to them that has an angling influence in some way. We have a wall full of stuff. Uh, up here we have a shelf full of things uh, and Dan you've you've got something for us and this yeah. is an interesting one it, it is and um, Wynn said at the beginning of the podcast he's like before you get into it and we get into our flow and I could see as we yeah. were going then um, don't forget the gift so my gift is I tried It was. it's a mug it's a very special mug right it's not that special but to be honest Finley messaged me and said bring a gift yeah think of something I found it really hard to think of something because no offence to you everything that means something to me I don't want to give it away (laughs) I want to keep that so all my little knickknacks or whatever they might be um, special hat lucky hat or whatever I didn't want to bring them in but I think it was about time this mug's been in my cook bag for many many years as you can see the handle's gone it's a lovely piece hand painted porcelain Morrison's four quid Um, it looks a bit bent I think that's why I went for it. Yeah. Give it that. Yeah. Je ne sais quoi. Slight bit of imperfection there. Yeah, exactly. But she was a good mug, but I think it's time for a new one because I haven't got a handle on it anymore. So. There we go. That can take pride of place on the top. We have. There you are. You should make every guest drink out of it. (laughs) 
I don't know what some of them might want to drink. I think it looks that's good the on the thing. shelf as well. It I fits think it in does. perfectly. It's, it's like ideal. That. Lovely. Yeah. That's in there with the collection. Dan, thank you very no much. No worries. Dan's mug. Um, let's talk about life at Nash. Yeah, let's. So it is very, very busy there. You've got a lot of very busy bees. Mm-hmm. I have got to say that I think you have just cracked advertising so well. Thank you. Um, you know, the Ready Tide Rigs was just genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the bite alarm advert with the changes of clothing in it. You yeah. know, various different ones. Firstly, who comes up with these ideas? Is it a collective? Um, uh, and secondly, the execution of the... You must have a right laugh putting them things together. Yeah, we do. Um, firstly, it's always been there. As part of the ethos, as part of the culture, as part of who Nash is since day one it's always had that personality within our films whether it is a product advert or a massive film we've always looked to inject who Nash is as a brand into it Um, so when I started that's just how it was so that's kind of how I learned and when more when new guys start that's what we instill into them Um, so the who comes up with these ideas all of us do yeah we're all taught to you know uh every single one you know someone comes in we'll sit in a media meeting i said right this is how we do things yeah um and we we always try and especially for a quite a big campaign if we're really going for it you know there's got to be the serious product video because people want to know about the product it's no good watching us mess around in costumes on a power barrow yeah. if they're like yeah but you know, how powerful is it? You know, what's the wattage or voltage yeah. or technical? Uh, um, <laughs> but that, you know, we have to do a serious video, but why not do one which is going to turn a few heads and yeah. is going to appeal to this audience because, you know, it's not a serious industry. I'd like to think, you know, at the end of the day, we're all kids. Yeah. Everyone who goes fishing, there's a little bit of a child in them. Yeah. Hence why we go sleeping in the woods. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I think those those funny videos can go down really really well because it's just kind of appeals to that audience so we'll always put one in along with something more serious um yeah so the ideas we we we'll all sit around and we'll have a media meeting and we'll just spitball yeah but you know what we'll just spitball we'll have a product that we want to focus on and we'll spitball some ideas you have some terrible ones you have some great ones but i always say to all the lads there's no there's no bad idea because some of the worst ideas have then just snowballed so no but what if we didn't do it like that but the concept was a good example we did one called hide and seek where it's for the titan hides and um Henry put in this awful idea about maybe we dress up as army and everyone's running around and there's explosions and this happens that I was like what sort of budget do you think we've got we ain't got a pyrotechnics team or anything but I was like but not because if we, instead of being army we're just playing hide and seek and it, yeah. it developed from there so what was an awful idea about explosions and army men and that it soon just turned into us messing around at the office and said, let's have a game of hide and seek. And, you know, Mikey goes and hides in the hide. Way hide and seek. And it worked. Um, So that's how we all come up with it. And uh, it's a lot of fun. The funniest days at work have been those ones where, and you're just kind of thinking, what are we doing? Like, It's not like work when it's like that. Nah, nah, it's not at all. Um, And some of them take all day. Yeah. all day to shoot you know they look 30 second advert where it looks like like i remember the jackass one we did which is the power barrow we yeah. all dressed up we ran down the track to church lake 
and we had people throwing stuff at us, smoke going up. We did that run maybe 13, 14 times. Obviously, in the video, it's cut yeah, together yeah. just to be, oh, they just shot down. Uh, and every time I was like, right, reset, back to the top. And I've got Ollie and um, Lou Porter and Alex Smith. I think, oh, oh God, God, again. Yeah. Camera's set up again. And, you know, by the 10th, 11th, 12th time, it's a bit like, oh. But had such a laugh that day. Yeah, At the end, out. when people were getting buckets of spog cloud in the face. And, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So what's what's day to day like there then? What's what's your actual job title and what do you do? What's your role? And um, so I manage all things media. Official titles: media director. Yeah. But it sounds Ooh. too fancy, and I'm not a fancy <laughs> not a fancy person at all. So I just say I run all the media. Nash. Yeah. Um, day to day is very different. It's a lot more sat by. It's, it's a lot more boring now. Yeah. Than it used to be like five years ago, which was out a lot more. I sat behind a laptop a lot of the time on Zoom calls, as you can imagine. That's it. Further up the ladder you go, the less you're on the shop floor. Which is great, and yeah. I enjoy it, but I will never let go of the getting out with the camera and rolling yeah. around in the mud because it's the reason I'm here. Yeah. yeah it, you know, a lot of people, I've always said, a lot of people get into the video side of things because they love carp fishing. They yeah. want to be in the industry, so they learn video. You know, I was a videographer first, but yeah. I had to have a job where. I could be rolling around in the mud, yeah. Because that, well, that was you've you've preempted me a little bit because that was one of the things that I was going to lead into now. That yeah. there's loads of people that would love to get into the industry, yeah. And you know, for a start, lots of people want to be sponsored anglers. The world and his wife seems to want a sponsorship, and if mm -hmm. they get fifty p off a packet of hooks from a tackle shop, they are immediately, yeah, you know, a sponsored angler. Uh, but actually, one of the best routes into the industry is working on your media skills, mm -hmm. um, be that in front of camera or behind camera. But a lot of it is content creation now. Um, what advice would you have for anybody watching this that might want to get in, and how would they do that? So, regardless of whether it's in media or in front of a camera or being a sponsored angler if you want to be in the industry i've always said to everyone you need to have the skill first yeah you know uh i get i you know i hire i'm uh in the recruitment process a lot i get a lot of cv saying i love fishing this is my pb yeah i i go 10 times a 10 times 10 nights a week yeah. you know they, they are out all the time and i go this doesn't help me mate yeah. i i need someone who goes this is my portfolio of work yeah. Oh, and I've got an interest in carp fishing. Are you good at it? No, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, you don't have to. It's all about being, you need to give, say it's Nash Tackle, you need to give Nash Tackle the skill set first because we're hiring for the skill set. We need someone who's got the ability in the job, not someone who's good at fishing mm. or is going to want to go fishing all the time. Um, so whether it's in video, whether it's in product development, whether it's, in customer service whatever it might be you need to be good at that first yeah. um so if you want to be in the industry have a skill yeah. and if you haven't got the skill learn the skill because anything is possible these days yeah. you know? almost uh, and and uh, you you are sort of a prime example of this because mo a lot of people just want to be in front of camera they want the spotlight shining on them again it goes back to that social media thing mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. it's a little bit of me 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 i want to be the man in the in the spotlight yeah um but actually if you want to get in that spotlight being able to jump into it straight away you've got to be exceptionally good at something to be able to get there straight away yeah um and that isn't necessarily the best destination you know being working somewhere within that industry it's a lot easier to get into it and sidestep if you have that skill and ability to do mm -hmm. it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you you do see it a lot. People do want to just be 
and I get messages saying, yeah. "Can I be in a video?" and that sort of thing. But it's it sounds harsh to say, but you need to have you need to have your CV first. You yeah. need to have the credibility because let's be right to to really break it down is I'm making films. I'm trying to make them as entertaining as possible because I want to give something back to the audience. But and here's the big reveal: I work for a company who needs to sell fishing tackle. Mm-hmm. So although strong part of our tactic is get them to fall in love with the brand and how do i get them to fall in love with the brand and that is through getting them to enjoy the content give them something nice to watch yeah. and they go wow that was amazing um i've completely lost track of where i was going yeah but um yeah people being in front of the camera you need to have a credential so what we're trying to do is sell fishing tackle yep. but people will listen to you alan blair because he's got the clout people listen to Daryl Peck or Danny Fairbrass or Adam Pennant whoever it might be because they've been there done that they know what they're on about you'll listen to them mm-hmm. if you're coming straight into the industry who who yeah. are you why should why should I listen prove to me why I should listen to you and it's hard because year on year and you'll know this being in the industry so long like year on year more and more people are trying to be that guy and we've put people in front of camera who are young and mm-hmm. might not have the clout with the thought that we need to, it's a 10 year project. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a 10 year project, but we know they're good anglers and that's the most important thing. I'm not putting someone, it's really hard to find the, the perfect package where they're great in front of camera. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. They're brand loyal and they're really good at fishing. And mm. when you find all of that package, then you that's when we push them. But um, what I'd say first is the easiest route in, This this is a good, the easiest route in is not in front of a camera. That's yeah. probably the hardest route into the industry. The easiest route in is be a videographer, be yeah. a product developer, work in customer service, work in the warehouse, yeah. get into the company. I think it's you've got to understand that whilst it's about you, it's not about your profile. It's about your skill set, not your Absolutely. profile. So yeah. it's about what you can do, not who you are. Yeah. And then the who you are comes out a little bit later on. That's it. it. And it's, it's almost uh, a bit hypocritical because, like I said, I've been started being put on front of camera and I'm very well aware that maybe I, you know, why would people listen to me? Because I'm just a videographer at Nash Tackle and I've been there for a long time and we've tried it and I'm all right on camera and I'm quite comfortable at talking, but I know what people, I know what the cameramen need. So there's my experience. Um, I'm all right at fishing, I'd like to say, but by no means am I an absolute superstar, but, um, I'd like to think that I've got a bit of knowledge and I can and pass that on. And also, I know that, like I say, I want to give, make a video which entertains, make people laugh, make people cry. And if it teaches them one or thing, two things down the line, then sweet. But, you know, I had to do my time at Nash first before they were like, we want, in fact, I declined it many times. That yeah. I didn't want to be in front of camera. But it then developed that we've got no one else. So here you are. Yeah, it's your turn. You've it's got to get turn, up. Yeah. step up now. Step but, up. But what friend. I mean is, there's a lot of kids who just want to get in and be famous, and so, it's just not the way to do things. But there's, there is an added pressure being in front of the camera. Mm. You know, wherever you are, whatever your place within the team, there's a pressure because you've got to perform. Because if you aren't performing, then obviously the team can't perform yeah. to the best of its abilities. But when you're in front of the camera, there's a spotlight on you as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. it's not just the rest of the team that's looking at you getting it wrong. It's the whole world if you get it wrong yeah yeah yeah. how did you find that because you've just transitioned now into making big films Mm -hmm. effectively you've got some great films about belgium out at the moment how do you find that transition 
quite easy to be fair. Um, I think mainly because, again, I'm very experienced behind the camera. I've been on yeah. a lot of shoots and I know, I'd like to think I know what pressure they're under. So I kind of knew what to expect going into it. Um, thinking about it, I've not actually been a video where it's just me yet. Henry came along with me on Belgium, even though like it doesn't show it as much. Well, it does. He was with me the whole time, so and he caught loads, yeah, which yeah. means that. Whew, and there's the second episode. I blank. Well, I caught one right at the end, but thank God Henry was there to, to catch a few. So yeah. that's where there's a bit of pressure off. Um, and I've been on shoots that Henry's got a series out where it's kind of roles are reversed. It's his series, and I'm little sidekick. No pressure. Like yeah. if I catch a few along the way, sweet. But there's two of us. Um, I will always work as hard as I can to catch a fish. Um, and I I think as long as I'm doing that, then I have no pressure and I don't put too much pressure on myself. If I'm getting up at nine o'clock in the morning and going, right, what's for breakfast? Oh, I haven't had a bite. Then yeah. pressure's on. Dan, come on. Like, But I don't. I, I work as hard as I can to catch a fish. And if it's not happening, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just not yeah. good enough. But yeah. luck, touch wood. Ah. Um, I haven't blanked yet or I haven't struggled too much yet but then I've always got talented anglers around me as well so it takes the pressure off what did you think of Belgium was that the first time you've been abroad no I've been going yeah. Belgium eight years oh right okay eight, nine years oh, you yeah, see yeah, you've yeah. been hiding not in front of the camera you see so we don't see much yeah exactly that. so that's what, it what why why Belgium Belgium was the first place I went abroad and yeah. that was very much the um the kind of back to my childhood feel you know yeah. you know what you Everyone can picture what fishing was like when they were a kid, where you're cycling down to the lake early morning. You're super excited because the mystery's still there. And what yeah. am I going to catch? And you've maybe only caught one or two carp before. And today might be the day where you catch a 10-pounder or, you know, that excitement. And that gets drummed out of you over the years as you get used to it. And now, like, that's a 30-pounder. Sweet. Nice. Put it back. Um, it's just the natural progression as you, the more you do something, the more you get used to it. And then I went over to Belgium in 2015 for the first time. Um, my mate worked at Nash um, and he had a contact over in Belgium, one of our Belgian consultants, Yella. Um, and we went over and he said, you, you come in for a trip. And it was back yeah. to being a kid going down the old dirt track again. But this time, instead of the rusty old BMX, it was a, a rusty old golf and we were loaded in and I was just like, what is happening? Like, I want to go to the shop and they don't even speak the yeah, same yeah. language. Where am yeah. I? What am I doing? And it's, I know you, like, you'll know because you've been on those big trips where you're completely out of your comfort zone and in yeah. a different country and, and it's just amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. New. It, it's like being born again. It's like yeah. fishing has started again. And that's, yeah. Be Belgium was just coincidence because, of the contact but then it was the first time fishing in france was this year yeah it was always belgium every year going to belgium and i just loved it i loved how quiet it was yeah the quaint little towns with the red brick houses canals like yeah. you don't get canals like that in england that's another thing like yeah, yeah. it's not like the big syndicate lakes or anything like you can go to a canal and there's 20 kilo fish in here and yeah. mega ones too and a yeah. good stock of fish and you can't fish canals in the uk like that I'm sure there's the odds good and yeah, secret they're like somewhere. That, but they're not like like in like any canal in Belgium. You yeah. close your eyes and you hit hit the map. Yeah. yeah they'll be fishing there. Yeah. And a lot of people have said to me since, 
oh, have you got a pin drop for this, this, this place? And, you know, out of respect, I will never tell people somewhere where I've been told, especially yeah. if they've said, yeah. don't tell anyone. But, and I'm not trying to put people, I'm like, go Just anywhere. Go if you've yeah. got a bit of time, because a lot of people <clears> go, yeah, I've got 10 days. I was like, 10 days? Yeah. Like, go, pre yeah, yeah. See, a, see a canal, walk it, pre-bait it, come yeah. back two days later, you know, go and explore because every waterway will hold hold the fish. And that's what I love. I love the fact that fishing over there is is a really well-respected sport, you know, yeah. like the um, th- those public waterways are public. Yeah. Not here, every river's got a a ticket on it. Yeah. You know, every everywhere these days has got a ticket on it. Um, not there. No. You just go into the post office, you get your ticket, and then you just go fish the public waters. And I think that's what I liked, the, the laid-back lifestyle. It's, it's been interesting, actually. I think um, Urban Banks has had quite a lot to do with the resurgence of, of fishing, what I would class proper waters. And that's not being dismissive of, of, of any other waters. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm old enough and went to France long enough ago to remember pre-day ticket lakes. So mm. when I first started going to France, you've got Dream Lake, Lake and Fisherbill. And that was it. There weren't any others. You know, it was really, really early on. So we used to go over fish the reservoirs. We used to fish the rivers. Um, me and Crowe would go over. We'd just, we'd, what's called blue spot. So we didn't even have Google then or anything like that. You know, literally, yeah. you'd buy a map, yeah. head that way, look at a blue spot on the lake and think, that looks good. Let's go there and have a look at it. And then yeah. you get there and then you decide whether or not it was worth going to. And it, just, it was such a huge adventure yeah, that's back then. It's the adventure, isn't it? And, yeah, and I, I think... You know, going over to commercial lakes, and once again, I'll clarify, I'm not knocking it in any way, shape, or form, angling such a broad church that you can do whatever you want to do. But that adventure side of things, where you don't know exactly what you're fishing for, Mm. or you're going into a little bit of an unknown area, that you know, forget these aspirations of trying to catch 50s and 60s, or I want to go to France and catch 1040s. You know, I'm sort of contradicting myself a little bit there, because I do say that I like to go and catch whatever fish it is but that's normally for a reason if it's if it's for what i would class as my fishing i'd much rather you blindfolded me sending me out or sent me out into the middle of nowhere and said right just go and catch something from somewhere yeah and it's just so good yeah so so good it is it's and it goes back to it again it's that journey it's not the fish in your arms it's everything that leads up to that Hmm. all the way down to having to get euros out because it's a a weird and wonderful currency out there and talking to the lady behind the counter at the patisserie and all of that makes that capture that much better uh, for me anyway and that's why that's why i loved belgium that's why i've had that affinity with belgium for such a long time it was funny when i used to go to france um in the very early years I, I, i studied french at school and could speak a little bit of it but but not you know i wasn't fluent and i learned fluent french primarily from just going out fishing public waters in France right. and having to learn yeah, it yeah, yeah. through, uh, you know, through necessity, really. Yeah. Um, and and one of the questions, Esquilia de Carpe, are there carp in here? Mm-hmm. And the answer was always, we, oui, yes, yeah. of course. C'est combien, how big? And it was always, oh, 20 kilo, 20 kilo. Everywhere, mm. every single yeah. person yeah. I ever spoke to, anywhere, always said there was a 20 kilo yeah, carp yeah. in there. Now, we didn't see that many of them back then, but every, you know, yeah. somebody once caught a 20 kilo on a treble with a spud mm-hmm. at some stage in, you know, 1982, and that yeah. was it, there's 20 kilo carp in it. But just the unknown adventure was was uh, amazing. Yeah. So tell me tell me about your Belgian films though. So you know they're 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 pretty good at the moment. They they're hitting the screens or they've hit the screens. Yeah, yeah. They're they're all out. Uh, they're all out in May. Um, what I did at so not 
because they were filmed last year. So the year before that, end of, towards the end of the year, I put out to everyone that we film. Yeah. What do you want to do in your fishing? Yeah. And we'll film that. Yeah. Rather than taking someone by the scruff of the neck, kicking and screaming, go make me a film on solid bags on this venue using this tactic yeah. or this time of year um, and you have to catch them like that and they go but yeah. they're all on the surface well why why would you use solid bags like because i need a film about it yeah. i went do you know what and you can tell on camera when someone's not feeling it yeah you've been in that situation where you just like oh, getting through the day um last saturday yeah <laughs> you know and i thought well if i want people to be super engaging to blair's level yeah they need to be buzzing about what they're doing so yeah. i said to everyone what do you want to do? And Henry said, I want to do this series where I go off and meet someone in the continent and we'll call it Continental Connections. And yeah. um, everyone had what they wanted to do. And I wanted to go to Belgium because yeah. I love going to Belgium. And I said, I'm going to make a three-part series um, where I... The idea was to do something I was never able to do. As I mentioned earlier, people message me and go I've got 10 days I've got 2 weeks I've got 6 weeks I'm, 6 yeah. weeks what's your Where'd job you like, yeah yeah from? but they did they, they yeah. got 6 weeks and I always was envious of that because I always stole a weekend yeah. or a week if I was lucky where we'd, we'd go and or 5 nights or something and it's over it's over before it's begun you know I wanted yeah. to be able to go and bounce around places so that was the idea book 3 weeks yeah. quite close to each other and then you can all you can always build on the second week what you did on the first week yeah. or the third and that was the plan was to be able to go out there in a van fish where I wanted bait here go there just explore the country as yeah. it were it didn't quite work out like that and we ended up splitting it up into kind of three chapters which yeah. were actually all kind of independent in the end but that's what I wanted to do that was my buzz and so we went out and did that um, really enjoyed it you know I always say to everyone especially to like Alan um just to wind him up basically saying god this is easy this side of the camera yeah. <laughs> those boys there have got the real work yeah. cut out i've done both sides now and yeah. it is no easier because you're working just as hard yeah. you're up at 3 30 and you're going to bed at 11 but yeah. at least you're really enjoying it yeah. at least you're you're almost distracted by the fact that you're at work because you're just tunnel vision into I need to catch one I need to catch one I need to catch one you're just fishing that's yeah. all you're doing is fishing yeah. and occasionally you have to talk to the camera um, so I really enjoyed it it was really good fun um, it was my first time back into Belgium after the pandemic yeah. I hadn't been the year before which when we had been allowed so it was really good to get out again and I just loved it it was just going fishing highlight pick one highlight what's one thing that jumps out don't think about it too quickly. Something will jump out at the front of your mind. It'll be, the th it'll be just just the whole of the third trip. Yeah, It was returning to a set of lakes that I'd been to in 2017. It's just a playground. It's like nine, ten lakes all together. And it's just little reeds, like paths in the reed. And there's, oh, there's a lake here. And oh, there's a lake there. Wait, that's the same lake as that lake. And yeah. I just loved that again. And because I've been before, I kind of knew where I'd gone wrong the first time. Um and it's just it did a bit of my sort of fishing, you know. It was it was wasn't although I like the canals and running up and down the canals and that sort of thing. I I was able to get in there, yeah. fish a lake, find a spot in the weed, bait it, fish it, mooch off in the day, have a little stalk, come back to it, and really build on something yeah. over the few days. Um, 
we never caught anything massive, but they the fish were a bit of me. They're nice, dark, scaly, overslung, all the adjectives yeah. that you you hear. It's I think I think this is one of the things though that that you know with the evolution of Nash. Uh, you know, I, I was with Nash 92, 93, 94, 94 to 96, mm-hmm. 93 to 96, I think. And and very much then, you know, when, when Kevin was driving it, it was a big fish brand. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's not a big fish brand now, but smaller fish were, were shunned. It wasn't necessarily about the enjoyment factor. It was about mm-hmm. the result. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the things I think you've completely turned on its head. And, you know, you can enjoy catching fish from anywhere, yeah. irrespective. Yeah. It's, it's what ava- what's available to you, isn't it, mm-hmm. a lot of the time? Absolutely. And, you know, especially when I was growing up, you're, you were good at fishing if you, you'd caught big fish. Yeah. They're the same animal. That doesn't mean anything at all. They're the same it? animal. One's just bigger than the other. Yeah. And what we really tried to do was you just go fish for what you want to you want to fish for where you, you know i've put blair on lakes where he could catch a 70 pounder an 80 yeah. pounder and yeah he's bored yeah. that's not a bit of him he's stuck in a swim and he wants and he'd much rather henry's quite similar we yeah. were in france earlier this year and we've got the the massive river rhone next to yeah. us and there's fish to 30 kilos and we've pre-baited it and who knows what could turn up there was a tiny little poo stream next to us and he's seen like it's four pound carp and he's like right i'm getting rods out i was like yeah we're fishing here mate like what are you doing and it it that's just what it's like at nash you can go fish for what you want to fish for um go and enjoy it and you know that's uh that's the message that we want to get out to everyone like really it doesn't matter how big they are yeah funny enough henry's turned around now and he's well, of course, 18, 60s and 54, <laughs> 50, so that means I'm better than you. But it, it's not it's, it's not a sport about who's better than who, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's Or what makes you better. It's just go and enjoy it, no matter the size, no matter the challenge, no matter if you're blank or not, just go and enjoy yeah, it. That's and ab- that's what Nash... Absolutely the message, isn't it? That's it, it and that's what we want to do at Nash, really. Um, and again, it always goes back to Alan and uh, where, where Urban Banks started, really, yeah, yeah. Um, with the accessibility side of things. I talked about it in a podcast with Jules years ago now, and I don't know what the state of the stats are these days, but uh, rod licenses were declining. Yes. Year on year. You might be better. Yeah, they're dropping again. They they rose quite a lot through COVID, but they're dropping back down again now, unfortunately. And it was at a really alarming rate before COVID, and especially in the juniors, to the point where you're like, wait a minute, if this carries on, there'll be no one fishing. Mm. Um, And I always put it down to... Well, when I grew up, I walked down to the village pond, which was free, yeah. and I fished in the village pond. And I drive around now, and all these little village ponds around me, no no kids fishing them, no. and they've all got big, fat, no fishing signs on them. And I could go down to the river, yeah. and I could <clears> fish. And it's a bit of the accessibility thing. Oh, it's, it's, it's 100% the accessibility thing. Yeah, you need a ticket. It? You need yeah. to pay 24 quid for 24 yeah. hours. And that's what Urban yeah. Banks always was, was go to your park lake and fish go to your little canal and fish and catch these amazing carp like i think one of the one of the biggest threats you got me on a on a an area that i am hugely passionate about yeah let's talk about it you know i think this is something that that you know angling as a whole but also our governing body be that the angling trust be that the environment agency be that whatever the loss of facility that we're having is crucifying angling and that loss of facility i'm not talking about a, a, a you know a, a lake that's lost to angling i'm talking about sometimes people are being outpriced mm. but there are more and more very basic level lakes 
that have been lost to angling. Park Lake's a prime example. You know, the Bristol Park Lake, where Alan did that film, that very famous clip where that lady came up and started telling him off, saying angling's disgusting. You know, places like that, anything with a public interface is hugely important to angling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one, he handled that brilliantly. But two, the more we lose places like that, the more we lose angling. Mm-hmm. Because so many people started on little ponds, little farm ponds, be it the canal, yeah. be it you know, yeah. uh, and and I just think not enough is done to protect these places. Yeah, Carl and Alex did a film once where on on one of their local ponds, the water level was dropping and dropping and dropping. The council did absolutely nothing about it. They had to do a fish rescue on it, and they just went, "Oh, we're going to shut fishing." You know, we see it so often that local authorities don't seem to care, and yeah. and I think we. We as anglers now have to step up and say, you know what, this just isn't good enough. Mm. Whoever's representing us, you need to step up more. And I've got to say that the Angling Trust now do a really good job of that. They've got angling back at Nottingham. They've got angling back at Kent. You know, wildlife trusts in particular, they turn around and try and ban angling at the drop of a hat all the time for spurious reasons, mm. which is absolute rubbish. Yeah. You know, but but we as anglers, I think, need to be a little bit more vocal about this. You know, you can't shut off farm ponds. Yeah. So... You know, it, 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 that that I think, you know, the, the the message needs to be shouted out a lot more. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, me and my mate Lars, we sat, we sat next to the pond that I first started fishing at. Yeah. Um, on Friday night with a bag of chips and just outside the chip shop. Yeah. And big iron gates around it now, padlock on it, where it yeah. used to be a little wooden fence. You hop over and yeah. it's right there. And there was loads of three pound carp in there yeah. you know back in my day it was like little cruisians and that yeah. loads of three pound carp in there and i was just yeah. thinking like these these big iron gates like taller than a 10 year old kid would be like yeah. they can't that's get a in. barrier yeah it's a barrier, it's a, barrier. Yeah, it's, it's a physical barrier but. and why not why why isn't there signs up in the post office saying yeah. fishing at, at, at the pond or whatever and i don't know i don't know i don't know if it's a, it's just life's changed where you know you're parents don't want the kids to go down the pond on their own or anything like that now but there needs to be somewhere whether whether it's day tickets saying kids fish free yeah or something like that or there needs to be an in for them there needs to be an easy because that's what it is it's easy route it needs to be an easy route it can't they're kids they're not going to go and uh you know it's daunting going to a day ticket with all these anglers and yeah. you've got to go and pay for your ticket at the count they want to just go with their mates somewhere quiet and yeah. be able to just learn for themselves and mess up all the time and not tie knots properly whatever it might be everything that we all did everything we all did but it just seems it's disappearing and yeah. like you say it's it's only on us to shout about it but you, it's it's at the back of your mind now all i'm thinking about is my next syndicate 600 yeah. quid for a year or whatever like yeah it needs to be spoken about. You're yeah, right. Absolutely. So anyway, let's uh, let's just look at the future in mm-hmm. a different way then. So um, what have you got coming up? We've, we've spoken about angling. Got anything exciting coming up? We're, we're more or less done now. So we'll, we'll finish up on this one. So have you got anything exciting coming up? Be that in the world of Nash or um, in the world of your own angling, even though you are flitting around a little bit? The um, yeah, work's busy. You know, we've been we've been trying really, really hard to put out loads of regular content at the moment yeah. nash put our video every monday i don't know how long we can really keep that up um yeah it's a lot yeah it is a lot um but and we never really want to put out crap i don't want to put out stuff for the sake of it and sometimes it's getting towards like right get that out get that out and i don't ever want to be like that so 
but we've got a lot of content in the bag and it means we're shooting a lot this year for next year we're always kind of a year in advance now which is nice can you give us any sneakies is anything exciting yeah of course so we've got we did a, a nice film with Alan beginning of this year called Borrow Time yeah. a lot of people really resonated with it because it was complete. Alan completely out of the Air Max trainers and Urban Banks environment and we yeah. found him a uh, a syndicate lake where like no one was fishing it yeah. it was like a little 12 man syndicate two lakes and the back lake no one fished and yeah. so he basically had this lake to himself and it you get the comments and yeah, we spoke yeah. about it downstairs like he's roped yeah. it off yeah. no just no one was there yeah. it was great fun um and it was all about the essence of angling again and what he grew up knowing and having a target lake which he kept going back to so that was borrowed time one that came out january this year the second one is coming out August. We finished the filming on that. Similar sort of vibe. And now I'm we're currently filming the third one, which will be out next year sometime. So uh, that one's really cool. The third one's on uh, the rivers. Uh, we've got we're down in the River Avon, um, but it's not just because Alan's Alan. It's Hampshire not, Avon, uh, Bristol Avon, Wiltshire, 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 yeah, Hampshire Avon, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be the Hampshire Avon. I just get Wiltshire. I, I I just get a um, a postcode and I turn yeah, up yeah. with a camera. Yeah. Um, is that but, carping or is that? Well, it's Alan, so yeah. no. Er- everythinging. As much as much as I'm going, Alan, yeah. carp fishing, carp fishing, carp fishing. He's yeah. like, have you seen the size of these chub? Yeah. So I lose him for a couple hours chub fishing, and that's been really nice filming a bit of like a chub fishing sequence. I'm like, this is new and different, and I'm yeah. filming a float, and it's weird. But um, but it's that ebb and flow, you know. That the one one thing that well, I'll look at the, the the audience now. But one thing that I found um, actually with with my ebb and flow of when I like it and when I don't like it, you know, carp, carp fishing in particular is so time consuming that sometimes I desperately need a fishing fix, mm-hmm. but I haven't got time to go carp fishing. So then you either go stalking or you go surface fishing, and you still do, you know, you you get your fix. But actually, nipping on the river. Yeah, and just doing a little bit of chub fishing with a yeah. float or surface laws or in the winter with a bread feeder. Yeah, it's just kept me angling alive, like wrasse and perch. Yeah, they're the same creature, just slightly different colours. Yeah, yeah, one's yeah. in the sea, one's in the in the in fresh water. They're amazing creatures yeah. to fish for for two hours. Yeah, you get and your fishing fix. I think going back to what we were saying, that's another reason. You know, f- kids just fast track straight into the, the yeah, carp. What do you want for fishing. Christmas? Right, I, I want the carp fishing set up. Ignore yeah. the float fishing, the trotting, the going on the river and that sort of thing, or fishing for pike or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's sort of fast-tracked straight into carp fishing now. And I think that's what Alan's going to try and get, because Alan is not a carp angler. Yeah. Like, make that clear. He's, yeah, he's a, an angler. He's and a very yeah, good one at yeah. all disciplines, fly fishing, sea fishing, light rod yeah. fishing, whatever it might be. Yeah. should have seen the rassy caught yeah. a few weeks ago, and he was buzzing. Oh, the, yeah. the most buzzing I've ever seen him, I was in the office early and he's walked in yeah. early one morning, 6 a.m. He's walked in yeah. and he's beaming and he's buzzing. And he goes, look at this, look at this. And he'd had a bag of roach up to 115 right. off the river. And yeah. he was so desperate for this two pound river roach, yeah. um, which he ended up getting at the last day of the season. But he had this bag of like all between like 112, 110, yeah. 115, big, like Amazing. big bag. And he just said he stayed up all night trotting afloat in the dark under yeah. a street light. And he, he just loved it. And that's, I've seen him, catch 68 70 pound fish and yeah. he's never been as buzzing as he was with this bag of roach and so this film we're doing you know we're going back next week to do the second shoot and then there's one more shoot after that and i'll let him do a bit of barbel fishing yeah. and i'll let him do a bit of grayling fishing or fish for some dates and that sort of thing i think it'll be a nice element to the film yeah lovely. so that's in the pipeline um we're planning a there's a new series with alan 
which is I won't go into it too much because I want it to be a surprise. But um, going a bit further afield yep. than just Europe. Well, actually, tell a lie. The first first episode is in Europe, but it's somewhere new that you yeah. won't have seen before. So don't know what we're going to call it yet. Yep. But there's a new series there. Um, then we've got the Social Five, which we're planning might go to America. Right. Basically. Yeah. Good Exclusive. Yeah. Um, but we're not sure yet. We'll see. Yeah. We'll Gr- see. Great fun over there. Really. Yeah. Really somewhere we. You know, I don't think anyone needs to. Um, I mean, it's no secret what's over there. You know, yeah. it's absolutely must be what Europe was like in the mid '80s or early '80s when people started going over. Like you yeah, said, yeah. with the blue dot, and just, there's just a, a country which you cannot fathom the the size of with blue dots everywhere, yeah. where no one fishes for carp. Yet yeah. they are probably they're everywhere. in most places. But instead yeah. of just driving over and just being able to drive there in five, six, ten hours, it's that little bit more of a commitment just to get over there and then go and explore time-wise as well. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we might go, but we'll, we'll probably go somewhere which has been well-documented, safety first, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. a very expensive yeah. trip. We'll just yes. go and um, we'll go and give that a go. Um, so, yeah, we've got a few big projects on, but we'll continue to try and make these these big films monthly. You know, yeah. we've, we've had some amazing feedback from some of the films we've done, like The Docks and Orellana and borrowed time and um where they have got a bit of a different spin on them yeah. um, i just I, the, the docks for me is just one of the like urban banks when it first came out mm. really really got me but i think the docks yeah recently was just uh, brilliant Fantastic. because again it's 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 the journey yeah and yeah. it's the person yeah you know and uh, i think jacob in particular he's 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 great at what he does he's mm. a really good orator yeah uh, as well he's got loads of personality and and you know his the the, the personal journey comes out so well yeah in in that about what he's done and where he's and i done. think like there was next to no brief for that mm-hmm. you know every film's got a brief but yeah. for that one i was like brad yeah make a campaign film with jacob and jacob was annoying me to be honest a little bit yeah. because he was going no i only want to fish him winter and there's this 58 pound fully that lives in it that doesn't exist, Jacob, does it? He's yeah. like, well, my mate's mate, mate saw a photo of it. I was like, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Get the job done. Get me my film. Get out. And I just wanted him to fish it solid for a year. Get Because I want my film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all I want. And yeah. so I said to Brad, like, make a campaign film. Maybe we can do this or that. Or if it's getting a bit boring, do this. But run with it, mate. See what happens. Yeah. When he dropped that rough cut on my desk, I was yeah. just like, oh, wow. oh, my God. He yeah. took what I said popped it in his back pocket and then just like full send like and I was just so proud of him and what he'd created but that's what you know I'll always try and do that with all of the boys you know they're all like my whole team I've seven of us now so creative so so talented every single one of them and I'd like to think it's an environment where they can really bring that out where it's not like this is the brief with the shots that I need you to get yeah. It's like this is the project. This is the feel of it. Stick your stamp on it. And let yeah, it show let me. It like, fly. and they've got as much creative input as yeah. anyone. We'll we'll bounce yeah. around ideas and we'll all come to an agreement. And you know, Brad, we didn't do that on that one. Brad just yeah. showed it me, and I was just like, "You're incredibly talented, young yeah. man." And yeah, yeah. Um, loads of people have said that to him, and his head's actually getting too big. So, yeah, <laughs> come on, Brad, yeah, come on, that anyway. He said, to, "He go, we're in the we're all in the office last week, and I don't know his little line now is like, where's your docs?'" <laughs> yeah. But um, 
brilliant. Yeah, he's uh, but, he look, good, good, good people always attract good people, and mm. energy just yeah. flows to each yeah. other. Yeah. I think when you're in that environment, it's brilliant. You know, you get you get a toxic environment, it brings people down. You yeah. get a good environment like that, and they'll fly, especially if we've got good people. That's it. So, well, there we go. That is more or less all we've got time for today. It's been a pleasure coming in and having an atom yeah, with you. It's great to find me. out a little bit more uh, of what goes on inside uh, your mind and the life at Nash. Yeah, so, well, thanks for having me. It's been really, really enjoyable, even if I was a ringer. Yeah. Uh, no, it's been great. And finally, to spend a bit of time with you because yeah. I haven't really spent much time with you. So, Absolutely. yeah, it's been great, great, yeah. great fun. Lovely job. Thank you ever so much for coming in. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for another episode of The Outcast. Don't forget to do what you normally do. Click like, follow, share, all of that stuff. And I'll be back again very soon with another special guest. See you soon. Thanks for listening to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Remember to follow us on social media for updates and information on future guests. See you next time.